Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's podcast is sponsored by GHD. Always at the forefront of hair innovation, their styling tools are well-loved for the speedy results they yield, including their Cult Helios Dryer, which is used in over 2,000 UK salons. Significantly quieter and faster than other dryers on the market, it's become a staple for many, promising 30% more shine as well as less frizz. Lightweight and easy to use, it's clear to see why this device continues to be a brand bestseller. To find out more and to shop the Helios range, visit ghdhair.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Team Podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Becky Hull, Lou Huff, and very special guest, hairstylist Pete Burkill. Pete has styled the locks of some of the world's coolest women, from Stella Maxwell to Lily Allen. He's worked on shoots for Max Factor, Dazed, and numerous other brands and publications. Plus, he's a bit of a TV personality down under, having appeared for three years as the hair specialist on the New Zealand equivalent of This Morning. He's also a resident at the prestigious Josh Wood Salon in London. And I can speak for just how good he is because he was the last person to cut my hair. So welcome, Pete. So nice to have you with us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Really excited. Um, You're here because we're going to be chatting all about hair. It's a bit of a hair care special. We did one of these a few years ago, but I think with uh, lockdown and all the home hairdressers that we have knocking about these days, um, it was time for a bit of an update, wasn't it? Let's go straight in. And I've attempted... Pete, to divide these up into sensible categories, but I have a feeling we're going to go off onto lots of different tangents. Amazing. Um, let's start with like the basics. Yeah. Everybody says that you should go to the hairdressers very often. How true is that? How often should everybody actually, obviously, lockdown aside, be going to the hairdressers? So that's a real kind of divided thing. And people always give, you know, the logic of if you want your hair to grow, just leave it is, is thrown around all the time. But for me, that's a little bit bonkers because hair is old. You know, if you think of how many years it takes from the hair to leave the scalp and reach the ends, the longer your hair get, the older the ends are. It can't continue to grow if it's old and if it's splitting. So... I would never leave it longer than eight weeks because we put our hair through a lot. More and more. I can see a few, a few scared looking faces there. Honestly, but- I, I was like, please say eight months. Please say eight months. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely how long I leave mine. <laughs> but, but yours looks lovely and natural. You don't look like you use a lot of heat on yours. Yeah, you don't use heat, Lou. Which, yeah, I don't. Which makes you. a huge difference. And, you know, you can prolong it with good products moisturizing products that will seal the ends and stop them from splitting but the general rule of thumb is if it's splitting it's not going to grow it's going to level out so people say my hair never grows past this length it's been here for five years that's because it's splitting as fast as it's growing so it's almost meeting in the middle if you want to bypass that trim the ends keep them nice and sharp and don't allow it the chance to break so you could get that amazing long hair that's so in vogue at the minute. Becky, when you get your hair cut, what do you ask for? Well, because I'm growing it out, I actually had it super short. Well, it was about a year ago, but I'm now craving length again. So I went for sort of long layers, which is basically just chopped into my hair. So they're kind of 
cut off in the mid and then the rest is still long, if that makes any sense to anyone listening. And then what I am really wanting, which I've kind of flitted between for a long time, is a grown out fringe. So it's not necessarily a fringe, but it's just cut shorter, sort of past my cheekbone. But I haven't had it done in ages and I'm desperate to get that done when I go. I love that look, almost like curtains. Yeah, because I just think it adds something without giving you loads. It's not scary at all. It's just something nice. Yeah. How how impossible is that? Fringes are amazing and there's a fringe for everyone, but it's not as black and white as bringing in a picture of a celebrity and saying, I want that fringe because everyone's got different densities around the hairline and different face shapes, different forehead lengths. All of these things make a huge difference, especially... You know, I can see a lot of long hair here and it's such a thing now, like this lovely, long, almost 70s hippie-esque feel to the hair. But a fringe is the most perfect way to stop you from getting bored because you pop a fringe in, you know, you can let it grow out and soften. It becomes part of the layers or you keep altering the length and the shape, going slightly square or slightly more A-line. And it's just a really fun way to get you through the awkward lengths of growing your hair. I think that's the thing. I get bored really easily of my hair, yeah. but because I want to keep the length, yeah. that's where I'm going to focus my energy on something I can do that's subtle, but something. Yeah. With a fringe, Pete, you've got to have straight hair. Like I've got really curly hair and as you said, I don't use any heat on it, but in the, my youth... I dabbled with a fringe and I'll never forgive my mum for letting me do that because I mean it's the worst like if you've got frizzy curly hair which is out of control and you know you aren't going to be blow drying every day it's a nightmare so what's your tips for if you've got curly hair and you still want to do that I mean every single time I watch Sienna Miller and Alfie I convince myself that I need a fringe and I have to remind myself and go back to these pictures and be like no you don't (laughs) you cannot ever have a fringe yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I hear that so much. And it's daunting with curly hair because everyone with curly hair has got a list as long as your arm of the horror story from their youth. Hair products have come on so much. They make such a difference. Like, I'm sure if you were to look back at pictures of yourself as a, a 15-year-old to now, you would see a difference in your hair from the way that you've learned to manage it alone. Yeah. That makes a big difference. So I wouldn't be scared of it, but try almost dipping your toes in a little bit. Try more with kind of face framing shorter layers in that fringe section. So from recession to recession. Recession and keep to it recession, Pete. Sorry, meaning cor- what? Corner of your hairline. So just keep it quite shallow. Don't go deep. Don't eat into the sides of your hair um, because it feels really disconnected on curly hair when the sections are too big. So you just want a few shallow pieces from your cheekbone to the corner of your jawline, start there and, and you know, keep styling it in with the rest of your hair. Mm-hmm. If it reacts well, because curly hair does jump up much more, if it reacts well, try being a little bit braver because a long 70s separated fringe that kind of skims the eyelashes would look beautiful on you. And, and it's not as boxed off as it would be with straight hair because when the hair gets that kink, it, it opens the face up. So it still lifts the face mm-hmm. and looks really beautiful. So I would say um, if you fancy it, you know, definitely don't do it yourself. <laughs> Go and have a consultation, you know. I think clients are scared to come in for consultations and for some reason they hate to bring pictures, but they're amazing for us because it helps us to learn what your taste level is, if you like. If you like things that are uber modern or a little bit classic or if you are super brave or a little bit more reserved with it 
So it's it's a really good thing. I would say go and talk to your hairdresser. Good thing about consultation is they're non-committal. So you could book in for a 15-minute consultation, have a chat, go away and think about it. And then, yeah, be brave with it. It grows back. Yeah, it does grow back. That's so true. Mm, and what so about true. face shape? Do you think there's sort of, there's different fringe styles or if you want to go shorter, how much should you bear in mind your face shape and what kind of works? Face shape is a, a massive thing. If you have a smaller, rounder face, you know, sometimes popping a fringe in it, you're cutting it in half. So your face becomes even smaller. You know, if you've got a really long face and then you went for a micro fringe, you're you're essentially elongating the shape of your face. And so there's lots of things to do. But generally, if you highlight a woman's cheekbone and their jawline, you can't go wrong because they're such beautiful features to enhance. And there is always a fringe that can enhance that. So it's just about getting a a tear sheet. I always say to my clients, have a look at people. If you like the hair, even if you think you couldn't do it in a million years, screenshot it because generally it's an element of that look that you are attracted to. So many people want to know how to get longer hair. So if you're going to the hairdresser, obviously, you know, you're recommending a trim, but what should you ask for cut wise that can best like enhance your hair's growth? Yeah. And that's a really good question because the fashion at the minute is this kind of really chopped in. So it's like almost invisible layers chopped into and the ends are thinned out. Yeah, that's what but I have, yeah. I didn't thin your ends out last time, Charlotte. No, <laughs> Jake, got... that's not what I have. You're definitely the only haircut I've had in like a good two years. Well. So in that case, I we're don't so, have that. You know, they're just so dead that that's why I think the, they're thinned out. It, it does it anyway, yeah. So the thing, is, I always describe it, it it's, it's kind of like going into war. It's strength in numbers. The more hairs you have at the bottom, the stronger and more protected they are by each other so they can grow long. So if you start really chopping into the ends and over layering hair because layers are a removal of weight then the ends of your hair become like these little lone soldiers so they're completely exposed to heat styling or pulling it back in a ponytail or even brushing and combing the hair you know so i would say keep it a bit thicker at the bottom keep it stronger I wouldn't be point cutting it too much or taking too much weight out of it because you will ultimately have to have it cut more often to stop it from splitting, which is kind of one step forwards, two step backwards in terms of gaining length. Do you think that part of the whole like having to have long hair thing is a bit of a trend from lockdown? Like, do you think that Corona will have changed hair trends or has already started to change trends? A hundred percent. And actually coming back in July after the first lockdown, the amount of men and women who were coming in wanting enormous amounts of hair cut off. It was kind of amazing. Mm. It went from fashion being, I don't want you to tell I've had a haircut. I don't want you to be able to see I've had highlights to suddenly being put that colour in where I can see it. (laughs) Cut me a fringe, cut me a blunt line and restyle me. I want people to know I've been to a salon. (laughs) And it was amazing. I've not worked like that for so many years because it was like 2005 when everyone came in wanting something different and layers were getting shorter and lengths were being more extreme you know it's really fun and I think that that will continue actually I think we're going to see that across the board I think with people going from making zero effort to suddenly as soon as they can wearing their fanciest clothes putting so much makeup on really going (laughs) extravagant with their hair I just think people are going to be so bored of just blending in that 
probably going to do sure, those bowls. I'm sure over the rest of the decade, the fashion trends will be exactly that. So, I mean, it's like the Roaring Twenties, isn't it? So, yeah. over the top. Becky, presumably, you can see similar with makeup trends coming. Yeah, I think I actually think people are just getting more excited by color. Like mm. bright eyeliner is a really big thing for 2021. I mean, I'm not talking like you don't have to go neon, but it's kind of not about black and brown anymore. It's about playing mm. with plums or like you know, it's just about being a bit more experimental. And I think because we're wearing facial coverings, that focus moved to the eyes yeah, so true, obviously yeah. last year. So I think people are trying to find ways they can play, but still in a subtle way that's eye-catching, just a little bit different. It's probably the same with hair. Like if you've got to have your whole face covered, then you want like, you know, some good yeah. locks as well, don't you? We have to talk about hair at home. So people obviously will feel the need to, to cut their own hair, especially the longer this goes on. So what are your number one tips, Pete? Like what should you absolutely do and what should you absolutely not do? I think if uh, if you're a guy and you've got fluffy hair around your ears and you've mm. got a pair of clippers, keep it longer. Don't go anything below a two because you're going to run into problems and don't go too high. You know, remember that your head is around the surface. So if you go round, you're not bringing out your features. Keep it square for a guy. For a lady, please don't cut your hair at home. (laughs) Honestly, just don't do it. it. Honestly, you know, cutting your hair with blunter scissors for a start, unless you've got super sharp scissors, the damage you can create to the ends of those hair is pretty crazy. And it will mean that you need a lot more cutting off when you go to the salon. And, you know, it's really hard to just stick to a millimetre. You might do a millimetre and see that it's wonking and it's another millimetre. And before you know it, all things are out the window. So when it comes to cutting your hair, I would say really great supplement. So Hair Gain Now is an amazing supplement. Oh my God, I love it, Pete. Sorry, I have to chime in. They're the best, aren't they? They are. They're the absolute best. Why? What is it? It's a vegan hair supplement that comes from the science of a a pea shoot so your hair grows oh my god it's changed so many people's hair like postpartum hair loss you know all of the hormonal changes but it makes your hair grow really long really thick really healthy from the inside so it's amazing Becky, that's what yours has grown. Yeah, and I was really sceptical because they've got gummies and I've always been a bit anti-gummies. It's a bit Kardashian, isn't it? Genuinely. so tasty. So tasty, but I've also (laughs) been taking the actual supplement pills and I've I've noticed such a difference because my hair's really fine on top, but it feels... A little bit denser. It's Can incredible. guys take it? What, what about guys with thinning hair? Will it help that? My partner James takes it. He we had to stop getting the gummies because he was eating <laughs> about eight a day. They're so they're so Moorish. But there, it's two tablets a day. It's really easy just to take with multivitamins, and it's made a big difference in his hairline. You can see that he's not receding as much. It, it's bringing back the baby hairs, and they're turning into thicker, fuller hairs. So male oh. pattern baldness. You know, I'm a victim of it myself. Once you've got it, really difficult to reverse it. But if you start early enough you can maintain by using stuff like hair gain and what's it called again pete hair gain now it's incredible and so take supplements like that really lovely weekly treatment so so get the condition of your hair looking really good look after your scalp so sasha juan do this amazing scalp scrub that they've just brought out it's kind of like aromatherapy sugars gets all the dead skin off the scalp removes excess oil that might get clogged in the pores of the scalp so your hair grows really beautifully 
So almost going to rehab for hair, hair hab, and just come to us hairdressers with amazing hair. So we've got so much to play with. It's almost something to look forward to. Mm. And when it comes to colouring your hair, I know that grey hairs and everything like that, they're difficult and they, they really bring us down. When we see grey hair, we feel grey. Josh Wood Colour um, are doing these free consultations online. So before you feel like you're just thrown at the deep end and you buy a colour that might end up backing you into a really expensive corner when you need to pay for your colour corrections in the salon... Just look, um, book a consultation in with some of the expert colorists at Josh Wood, who are all sat there and really enjoying talking people through what they can do just to make their color feel better to sure. put you on before we're back open again. And, uh, you know, I think it's a really great thing to do. Josh Wood also do amazing at-home colour yeah. washing treatments as well. Yeah, so they can recommend everything from a, a one-wash colour to mm-hmm. a permanent colour and glosses and everything in between that you can buy from them or from Boots or wherever to put you on until we are open. Yeah, just tides you over, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Becky Lou, any hair experimenting going on in your houses? No, zero. I, I have <laughs> no interest in trying to cut so that's okay but yeah as I said just trying to look after it as much as I can like I've noticed much recently I've got like really dry scalp which always happens yeah. straight after shampooing yeah so I'm definitely going to try that um scalp treatment you mentioned from Sasha Juan mm. yeah and if your scalp is feeling sensitive after shampooing it could be that the shampoo is maybe a little bit too fragranced or it's targeting a, a different problem so look at a nice scalp shampoo there are so many lovely mm. scalp shampoos Sasha Juan also in that scalp scrub range do a shampoo which is wonderful for just balancing the pH levels and, and stopping that irritated scalp Becky let's talk about masks what hair masks are your favourite what do you recommend I love the Garnier banana mask <laughs> I'm not joking oh, really? you it is so good sure. it's affordable and it's brilliant for sort of really dry lifeless hair which mine is at the moment also obviously I've had bleach on my hair before so it just works a treat to kind of soften and smooth but I'm also loving the new brand called Bread if you've heard heard of it it's on Cult Beauty and it's actually for those with kind of coarser curlier hair but they've got an oil that anybody can use and I've kind of been putting it on to dry hair before then getting in the shower and rinsing it off and it is so good for softening your hair and making it just a bit silkier and smooth it's great any masks to recommend? yeah I love the Overnight Hair Repair by Sasha Juan again they're my favourite product range because they're just really lovely ingredients uh, they're quite kind of mid bar and uh, you put that in and you sleep in it which is really great and then you wash it out in the morning your hair feels amazing philip kingsley elasticizer oh, that's, is, that, that's the one for me that's amazing yeah. You know, because a lot of people, they don't necessarily want the cosmetic feel of a of a treatment. They want the benefits that happen within the hair. So elasticizer, you put on before you shampoo your hair, leave it on. You know, I even recommend sleeping in it sometimes if your hair just feel a bit dry. And then you shampoo it out, condition it as normal the next morning and your hair just feels like the life's been put back into it. It's, it's mm. really great. It's so good. I also find that sometimes when I use a hair mask or like a conditioner that's too intense it then makes my hair feel like really really soft but it feels much finer and I don't feel it's got that the sort of like the volume that I I want from it so yeah I I can't have anything that makes it feel too sort of slippery and it's exactly so and the elasticizer is is great for that that it feels like nourished and shiny but hasn't lost any volume yeah and that's that's a lot of feedback so people end up just not doing treatments because they don't like that 
feel of it in the hair. Mm. So anything that you can put on before and then shampoo out afterwards is, is a really good hack to get around that. We've segued quite nicely onto product chat. So I'm going to park at home because there's definitely some more at home styling yeah. stuff to talk about. But yeah. let's talk about products whilst we're there. Yeah. Um, what are, you know, we've talked about masks and, you know, scrubs and supplements, but what are the key things, you know, I mean, the basic key things that every woman should have in their hair care arsenal at home? So obviously great shampoo, it Mm -hmm. starts the process. What makes a great shampoo? Like, do you have to spend money to have good shampoo? Any shampoo that is super high in sulfates and really high in silicones, it's a bit of a gray area because there's something like 8,000 silicones and some are really good for the hair. They wash out with water really well and give it a really lovely fullness. Some are a little bit cheaper, a little bit more on the plasticky scale and they build up on the hair and the scalp. So avoid anything with a really high silicon content from the high street shampoo, if you can afford to. Can I hold my hand up and say I'm like the guiltiest? Yeah. And I, I'm the only shampoo that I feel clean with. And, yeah. uh, you know, through work, I'm lucky enough to try it. So many different shampoos and conditioners. But Aussie Hair Care is like the only one that yeah, I like. A, lo- a lot of I people know, say. I, I know. But I'm now also feeling that I need to move on to a purple shampoo and conditioner instead because I actually think that the reason I'm losing my colour really quickly is because I'm not protecting my colour at all. So a misconception with that is a, a purple shampoo isn't going to protect your colour. It's going to neutralise um, brassy tones. Okay. Um, I thought I was not making my colour last long enough, but I'm not, not doing not, that. Not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily, because what can happen if you're used to a honey blonde and you start mm. using a silver shampoo, you're going to take the honey away and your hair might feel a bit duller, a bit more yeah. dull. Yeah, that's um, exactly. So a lot of people think I've got coloured hair, so I need to use a colour-saving shampoo. It's not necessarily the case. Sometimes your scalp might need a nice sensitive shampoo and then you might be able to then look after the the hydration or the color with the conditioner you know brittle more severe damage you might need a nice protein mask I think everybody, male and female, should have something that's going to add a little bit of guts to the hair. If your hair is super fine but frizzy, people tend to avoid um, like a thickening volume spray. But a thickening volume spray will actually make the density as good as it can be in every strand of hair. So you get way more control. And then I love Orbe Maximista because it's super lightweight. I also love TG Queen for a day. Super lightweight. It just plumps the hair strands. Then if you are prone to frizz, use a nice moisture cream or a a nice kind of dry oil. You know, Sebastian do this oil called Sebastian Dark Oil. And it's it's lovely because it's almost like a velvety texture, but anything like that that's that's not going to be greasy. And the thing is, you put the volumey product, light volume product on the root, and then through the mid-length and ends, you put the moisture product. Never really put those close to the roots. If you've got curly hair, substitute the moisture product for a really lovely curl cream. Red can do one called No Blow Dry Blow Dry. Sasha Juan do one called Curl Cream. They're really lovely because they're not heavy at all on the hair. They're just moisturize and nourish each strand and then on day two finish with a texture spray a dry shampoo something like that just on the scalp and it'll just reinvigorate the hair and bring it back to life so a good shampoo a good conditioner a good mask a thickener of some sort and some sort of cream so they're five products or maybe a dry spray six products 
that you don't necessarily have to break the bank with, but will just make your hair look salon finished all the time. The Sam McKnight cool girl oh, uh, like yeah, texturizer spray. That's like yeah. amazing as well. Like if I feel like my hair feels a bit flat and it just needs yeah. a bit of like zhuzhing, yeah. it's great for that. I couldn't be without that product, yeah. Becky, Lou, do, do any of those things sound familiar? What are your like absolute go-to products and treatments for your hair? On top of the yeah. Cool Girl, which is like my absolute go-to, I love yeah. the Chlorine Dry Shampoo. That's like two pounds for a little mini and it's great if you're traveling. I try not to wash my hair that often. So I'm probably every five days, five, six days. And probably on like day three, probably four, it's probably at its best. So like if I'm traveling and then I don't want to wash it, then it's good traveling. Ha ha. It's good for like a little touch up or just like a little bit like around the roots, whatever. Then I use Purology Hydrate Shampoo and Conditioner. Yeah, lovely. Which is fab. And then I use an, an argan oil, as you said, like a dry oil, which I use on the ends yeah. um, after towel drying. And then that that's really it. So I don't have a lot of products in my resume, but those kind of four are like my ride or dies. Becky? I am currently using the Red Ken Extreme Length Shampoo. It's my favourite because it's got salicylic acid in. So it kind of exfoliates your scalp as you go. And it's just brilliant. Every time after I use it, my hair's so much fuller and lighter. Bringing the skincare into the hair care. Oh, I didn't even know it had it. I get, every time I use it, I was like, why is my hair lighter? And then realised that was why. And then, as I mentioned, the bread oil, which I just love. It's so hydrating and it's got an amazing smell that stays for hours. Let's talk about other tools. Hairbrushes. Yep. Leo, I know you're a re- recent convert to the wet brush. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but it is the best i use it too but what are the best hairbrushes what do you really rate people i really rate wet brush i I was lucky when they were coming over from the u.s i worked with them for for about three years on various different shows and education for them and the the technology in that brush is is incredible because the tooth the the brush is is weaker than a strand of hair so you can't snap your hair when you use them so it's really really good to be able to comb your hair when it's wet and not drag any snaps and break it, really important. You know, it's not necessarily about the brand. I would generally go for a a natural bristle, you know, if you were using a ram brush. When they do have a metal barrel, just be careful to use them on a medium heat because that barrel can get much hotter than a a tong, say, or a a straightening iron, for example. So it will actually get hotter than your straighteners. Well, a hairdryer goes sometimes 20, even 40 degrees hotter than than most heated styling tools. So if you're concentrating, (laughs) exactly. So if you're concentrating that heat on that brush, it's amazing how much you can zap the moisture out of the hair. I've always assumed that a blow dryer is way healthier for your hair than because it's like less of a direct heat application than using straighteners. But no, that's not the case. Not always. No. So so that's why I would always recommend using a natural bristle because it's the same material as your hair. It's from boar bristle or whatever. So it's keratin like where our hair's made of. And and also a wooden centered brush because the wood conducts the heat. So it's not as focused on the hair. Whereas the metal barrels, it can get so hot. Like some mm. of the worst, I remember as an assistant, the worst burns I ever got was from the barrel of a, a, a metal ram brush. Wow. So yeah, so you do have to be careful. You know, GHD have got some really amazing brushes as well. They're just they're a bit more ergonomic in the, the handle. If you want something slightly more upmarket, 
Kent brushes, absolutely amazing. They're, they're kind of an old staple. I think they were been around since the 1800s, but just beautifully handmade brushes are worth investing in sometimes if you are conscious about using heat. Because one, I've got brushes that I've had since I was 18, which <laughs> I disinfect, <laughs> obviously. I always do this, especially in COVID time. But they just last forever. They're a really good brush. is just amazing. You know, Mason Pearson, all of these brushes. I've had just... my Mason and Pearson since I was probably six. Yeah. I always wrote they have Mason Pearson in Gossip Girl. So I've always thought of that as like the (laughs) pinnacle of hairbrushes. It's that natural element that comes from it that makes a big difference. Is there a rule about how often you should be brushing your hair? Does it depend on your hair type? Like, Lou, I know yours yours isn't great when it's brushed, whereas I brush my my hair frequently because it looks shit when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Me too. Yeah. Not really. As you say, for Lucy, if you were to brush your hair too often, you're going to totally lose the personality of your hair with the curls. Charlotte, for you, I guess if you wearing your hair straight you maybe wouldn't brush it as much as when you're trying to separate your waves your tonged waves a little bit more yeah but brushing your hair can really help so i would always recommend brushing your hair before a bath or a shower because what we have to remember is we lose up to 100 hairs a day if you haven't washed your hair for a week and then suddenly you wash your hair you get that natural hair loss the shedding of the hair so you might lose 700 hairs in that shower (laughs) <laughs> which can feel a little bit scary and intimidating. And it can also cause the hair to tangle up a little bit more. So just loosen those hairs before you get a shower. But brushing your hair is really good for stimulating the scalp. So, you know, it's good to keep the scalp and the blood bow in the scalp. So if you're not brushing your hair very often, try giving yourself an extra long head massage in the shower. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are there certain hairstyles that are better for your hair? I mean, obviously, we're not talking like fashion wise. Yeah, exactly. But just in terms of, you know, ponytail versus bun, you know, slicked back versus loose. Like, are there some that are actually detrimental to your hair? Yeah. And this is the thing, you know, a lot of women notice breakage and even guys with long hair and man buns. If you're using like elastic or just a, a cheap hair tie and you tie your hair back super tight and you tie it in the same point of the head every time, you're going to get tension breakage. So you end up with baby hairs that fray around it. They're amazing ways around that such as the invisible which looks like a telephone wire because it just (laughs) distributes the weight of the ponytail a little bit more so the tension isn't always in the same spot I really hate those hair bubbles. I, find I know. They like give me the heebie-jeebies. I use scrunchies like this. Is that yeah, okay? a silk scrunchie yeah. is also really good. But if you go over the hair to the point, the scrunchie to the point where there's no slack in that scrunchie, it's just as damaging as an elastic. Try and keep some slack okay. in that so that it can work. Avoid tying your hair up when it's wet at all costs. Wet hair is weak hair. If you think of hair as an elastic band, when the hair is wet and you pull it back into a tight ponytail, as it starts to dry, the hair shrinks back to its normal size. So the tight ponytail is almost holding it back. The hair will shrink and it will snap. So if you're 
trying to grow the hair. If you want healthy hair, you know, you even pull it out from the scalp more when it's wet. So avoid that at all costs. Charlotte, look, I am so sorry. worried. I am she like, looks mortified. So she looks mortified. <laughs> it is like slipped back into a bump because the longer I leave it wet, then yeah. the less time it takes me to dry it. So therefore I'll keep it in a wet bun for like hours. Yeah. So try a really loose plait. So try a side plait. Try just twisting it and pinning it into a loose bun. Okay. But, you know, it's it's just avoiding a massive amount of tension on the hair. So so if you've got really long hair and you find you wake up in the morning and you've got these short bits on one side, this halo of fluff almost, <laughs> that's probably friction from the pillow. Try a I silk that, pillow. So I get all of yeah. that hair, my roots, those like yeah. little, br- all those short hair. Is that why? That's friction breakage. That's breakage, yeah. So try and- sleeping in a loose plait. It'll change your world. Because I sleep with it in a top knot on the top of my head. So is that... Yes. Stop, stop. Yeah, that's how I protect it. Oh, I've done that for years. Oh. That's how I keep the, the styling. That's yeah. how it holds for me. I yeah. Put a plaque. Okay. So if you've had a blow dry and you want to prolong it or you've particularly made it look good that day, do loop it around and, and pop it into loose buns on the top mm-hmm. of your head, but pin them in. Don't tie them in a really tight bun. It's just loose. It's just about keeping the formation to prolong a style. It doesn't need to be in there rigid before my wedding I couldn't get a blow dry on the morning of the wedding so I had to have my blow dry done like 36 hours before the actual wedding yeah and they were like to keep it intact you need to pin it so I literally had all that time it was literally like in these barrel little curled. barrel curls pinned yeah. into my head and I came back and husband our fiance was like oh um is that your hair for, for obviously i'm meant to be looking at my most beautiful look like absolute fruit loop so he thought then, that you were going to attend the wedding with your hair yeah, yeah exactly he kind of thought that was the vibe um and then i had to get on the tube uh, oh. literally people just staring at me thinking oh my god what are you doing but anyway it held so it obviously worked yeah okay let's talk about styling at home with yeah. a hairdryer with tools etc becky yeah. as we mentioned at the top of this podcast this podcast is sponsored by ghd and specifically their Helios hairdryer which is incredible I know you use it I genuinely do use it and actually I don't do much heat styling on my hair apart from occasionally blow dry it and the reason I love that dryer is it's so lightweight it's got perfect amount of heat settings and I have because my hair is so fine I hate blasting it with such heavy heat but it just distributes it really quick and it works fast so that you're not you know leaving that heat on the hair for ages it just works quite fast even if your hair's thicker than mine it will dry it quite speedily and it's just lightweight so it's easy to maneuver and it's very very quiet which is good if you you know live with someone that likes to stay in bed but genuinely it's just such a good hairdryer but the biggest bonus for me is that it's such good heat distribution it never feels like it's over drying your hair and afterwards it always feels full it doesn't feel frazzled or dry i use uh, helios i've got every hairdryer you can think of in my <laughs> kit but I've got to admit, that's the one I take everywhere with me and I use on my clients because, as you say, Becky, you've got the great heat distribution. It never gets too hot, so you never mm. starch or scorch the hair. It just It's just a really beautiful piece of equipment, you know, mm. I love. And JHD, you know, they kind of own that game, own that market, don't they, for, for heat styling. I've been lucky to have a great partnership with JHD since I was 18, so my kit is purely GHD and I adore them they're, they're really great Best as you stuff. say they are in the same way that I would never go anywhere other than like Dyson for a Hoover yeah. like if she would just I just only or Apple things. for like a Mac like, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's Technology. it it's just GHD for tools isn't it I've been using the GHD original straighteners 
yeah. since I was like, I don't know, 12, 13. Yeah. And I still, I mean, I'm on my third, I was on my second pair and then the dog bought them <laughs> like a month ago. So I'm on my third pair now, but they are just like, they last an absolute lifetime and you can literally yeah. do anything with them, can't you? Yeah, you can. And and what's amazing, you know, I think GHG really stood up to the test of time with this lockdown. The Instagram's amazing for people to go on and get tips of how to style the hair. And I think so long as you are responsible with how you style your hair with their products, they, they do lead to more minimal damage because mm. the, the heat temperature is so controlled that if you pair it with a good heat protector and you are doing a, a nice quick technique, you know, once a week, it's not going to harm you too much. I just have to give a shout out to their Rise tool as well. It's like a yeah. hot really thin hot brush and again it's so good with heat because you can take it right up to the root of your hair but it never burns it's like a perfect heat they've created it so that you can do that you can take it right up without breakage and it's just brilliant what does it do it gives you like a blow dry at home so you roll you you kind of roll the hair around it and then you hold it a little bit and just let it come out and it just gives you a a really nice amount of bounce i really think i need to invest in the hair dryer yeah and you know lucy make sure you get a good diffuser attachment on your um hair dryer because for you it's it's about not blasting the curls out of formation you don't want to blast them too straight and a good diffuser would be amazing for you. What do people use diffusers for? I know I shouldn't yeah, really know. I that, think diffusers hair. feel like very like 80s though, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I was young, I don't know if this was the trend everywhere, but in Northwest London, the trend was to get like absurd amounts of hair mousse and yeah. like crinkle it into your hair and then to use a diffuser. But then you had to straighten the ends as well. So you, I remember, I always remember that sizzle sound of like <laughs> mousse. And also, <laughs> if you've got like, which, which Lou, like your hair would have been so perfect for, but if you've got dead straight hair like mine you basically just meant you had these like hard strands of hard moose hair that weren't it was so bad yeah it was so bad anyway so what are diffusers actually for so diffusers literally diffuse the airflow so if you're trying to set a style or like enhance a curl if the airflow is too powerful and too aggressive it's gonna disturb the hair too much so if you were to hold a hairdryer next to curly hair and just blast, you're going to blast it straight or frizzy. This just stops the turbulence of the air from disturbing the curl. So it speeds up the natural drying time, if you like. Okay. It's kind of like a, a, a compressed hood dryer from the 1950s. Pete, can you give us one tip for natural beachy waves at home? Is it a straightener? Is it a curling iron? Like, What's your top tip for getting that look? The beachy wave, pop a nice product in it, you know, a salt spray or a there's a texture cream or a balm, plait your hair into it. So a plaiting pigtails, heat it up with a hairdryer, let it cool down. It's really important that you let the hair cool down because that's when the hair sets. Take the plait out after 10, 20 minutes, shake it with some dry shampoo or texture spray and you get a really natural beachy wave. You know, it's great for... For someone like yourself, Becky, with bleach highlights in there because it will just grab. Same for yourself, Charlotte. Even Lucy, it'd be amazing for you because you'd get the same silhouette of hairstyle but a different formation of curl. You know, and so it's just it's really versatile for everyone and it's really easy to do. If you were wanting something that was slightly more glamorous, beachy, polished, you know, use a tongue. The GHD Classic Curl Tongue is amazing because you can do so many things with it. It's got a 
a lynn shirt like a pin that holds the hair it's it's different to a wand and just hold the hair pick random sections some curling away from the face some curling towards don't shake the hair up straight away let those little curls they're almost like little sausages cool down again break it up with dry shampoo or rake it through with a wide tooth comb and you'll get an amazing end result i think the thing with beachy hair it's almost trying not to think about it too much We've been speaking for a really long time, but let's whiz through colour very quickly. Yeah. Or like the holy grail, I suppose, is, is yeah. great blonde, isn't it? That's one thing people always want to know about when it comes to colour. So our highlights kind of over. Is everybody moving to balayage? Should everybody be moving to balayage? Kind of what's the difference for those who don't know? So balayage is like a freehand painting technique. So it's a little bit more visual that you pick up the hair and you paint where you want the lightness to be. So a good balayage almost replicates where the sun has hit the hair. If you want it to be really bright blonde you know and this is controversial but I I don't actually color hair in the salon although I'm trained in color I'm obsessed with color I think if you want to be really bright blonde go to highlights or foliage they call it because wrapping the hair in foil means that the color will develop better it will almost Mm. I don't want to say cook but I can't think of a better word cook (laughs) the color develop the color better so that the hair can get lighter without damaging the hair as much time to keep going over the the already coloured bits. I think with highlights, you can be much more targeted and prescriptive to where you want the lightness to be. Balayage is for a much more softer, grown-out look. I suppose there's a distinction. You can still have the foil thing, but without it being the old school, like having your roots done, right? Like, personally, that's the thing I've tried to move away from, like having a really blonde from the my parting you yeah there's lots of ways you can do that you know if you want to be economical you could get it done knowing that in three to four weeks you're going to get that route it's going to be exactly where you want it so drag Mm -hmm. your appointments out more or you can get them done and then have a shadow put in afterwards which is like a a gloss or a semi-permanent color which adds depth to the roots there's lots of ways you can achieve that from putting a shadow in at the root or just, yeah, foliage where they backcomb the roots a little bit to, to add darker hairs there. It's, you know, I, I would say that highlights are making a comeback because people are wanting to see colour more. Lou, what do you ask for when you get your colour done? I get, yeah, it, it probably is more of a, a balayage. Just kind of, again, I, I have it very infrequently and, and the summer is yeah. really the best time for me because I feel like it really like brings out the, those tones and I completely missed it this summer, like not going away or really spending that much time outdoors. So I feel like my hair feels really flat at the moment. But yeah, I've always just had the sort of the ends painted from the bottom up and then a gloss put on top that's kind of what it, it's it's about bringing the sunshine back isn't it just bringing and replicating that yeah yeah what do you go for becky becky's got a very famous hairdresser <laughs> oh. Be- becky lives down in brighton so she goes what's his name it's steven from, from goggle, goggle box, box. <laughs> oh <laughs> i've met him before he's, he's so cool such a nice person yeah so him and his husband daniel go to i go to lustig and webb their salon in hurstby point in Maybe. west sussex and actually steven used to bleach highlights for a really long time I was I mean super blonde and then my last appointment which was in December we did we tried balayage which was Stephen and Daniel and I'm still getting used to it you can see the kind of mix of colors it's actually still quite light I was almost expecting to go darker but we tried balayage for the first time and I think I'll continue with it although I am starting to miss being quite blonde (laughs) 
but presumably yeah. i mean a i think it looks so nice but also the maintenance is so much easier right because you haven't got to keep going back to your roots being touched up yeah and we did it because also i do have you know i've said it before fine hair so i didn't want to keep putting bleach on all the time i wanted to give it a bit of an experimentation but it is hard when you've had such light color to sort of go a bit darker but we're doing it gradually so we'll see we tend to call that a reverse balayage where you bring in the dark back into the hair you know mm. i think people often think that balayage is just about bleaching the hair up and lightening it it can also work the other way for making the hair feel a little bit more sienna miller-esque and a bit more earthy toned mm. which which is beautiful on you becky oh yeah. thank you yeah i was thinking do i stick with it but i think i am actually going to stick with it for a bit and see where we end up I do think with colour, obviously everybody has like their different budgets, but I do think it is worth investing and in going to like a proper hairdresser because I have had so many disasters with colour yeah. in the past where I have yeah. just tried to save money and I have regretted it so much because you wear your hair every single day. Mm. And for yeah. me, it is my security blanket. If my hair looks shit, I feel shit. Yeah. And I just think it's so like, you know, just speaking to you pe- like you know exactly what everybody needs what suits people's faces like the colors and stuff and i just think it is what it obviously is expensive getting your color done sometimes and i'm like oh my god when you think <laughs> about the, the cost of it but i think when you see how much of a difference it makes and the fact that mm. yeah we do wear it every day it's worth it i so agree yeah. it's almost so wor- it's almost more worth paying for your hair than it's paying for decent clothes like, yeah 100 yeah that's music to my ears i love to hear that <laughs> i do love to hear I'm that i'm sure we've got lots of listeners here all, also um, all that I, money everyone saved during lockdown not well, having exactly. their haircut get yeah. ready yeah, it's true. So true. True. In flux after this. Just quickly, Pete, how can you keep blonde hair glossy? What can you do to make it shiny? Treatments. Again, it's about moisture. The reason that dark hair is shinier than blonde hair is because it reflects the light. And the, the cuticle in blonde hair is slightly more open and raised. So it, it just absorbs the light. So, you know, you can get nice leave-in conditioners that are almost a bit pearlescent and metallic. They're really good to pop in blonde hair because they bounce the light back. Any specifics to recommend? Orbe Moisture Cream Light okay. is beautiful. It's so pearlescent and it just kicks off all of the light. Again, treatment. So Josh Wood Everything Mask, you know, I think it's about £15. It, it's quite inexpensive, but it's like a translucent gloss colour. So it just coats the cuts hair in vitamins and nutrients that close the cuticle and bounce the light back. So amazing for that metallic blonde. You know, a lot of brands now are doing these almost, they're like tinted masks. So you pop them on if your colour feels a bit too ash or a bit too blonde or a bit too grey or a bit too caramel. And you can counteract or you can enhance or do whatever you need to do with these gloss colours. And they're also really good at just bouncing the light a little bit more. It's all about that illusion of the light hitting the hair and it becoming shiny. Mm. So if, if you feel like your hair is looking dull, maybe you're using silver shampoo too often and, and it's just absorbing too much of that light. Yeah. If people have got greys and they're trying to cover their greys at home, whether that's like through root growth or bits coming through, what's yeah. your tips on covering them yourself or not? If you've got a lot of grey hair, you know, and you just wanted to maintain it, the thing is, it, it can become really expensive to go to a salon every two, three weeks for that. So mm. I would, I would look at the, you know, again, look at the consultations on Josh Wood and and speak to an expert about what you could do to maintain those permanently at home. There's so many great kind of tinted dry shampoos on the market now. They're blondes through to reds through to the darkest depths of colours. 
to musky gray hair. So you just spray it with these root markers. Yeah, some people don't like the spray because they feel it gets on the fingers. So there are like wet products. There's some that are almost like an eyeshadow that you literally just target where the greys are. There's like so hair much mascara. Ab- exactly, yeah, but just a, a, such a more beautiful but consistency like now that you wouldn't know you were wearing that <gasps> mascara. You know, it's amazing how far the market has come for grey to help people with grey hair at home. Pete, I just want to end by asking you about hair hacks. I will always remember this now that when I came to you, you told me that one half of my hair was shorter than the other, which I haven't even noticed. And it was yes. because I always start styling on the same side of hair and you said that you were a bit you know you're a bit more aggressive when you first start and then you kind of yeah. lose the, your arm kind of gets more tired or whatever so what little hacks or little things that we should all be aware of or that we should know about when doing our hair i've got a few i'll, fi- I'll do a quick fire so um start blow drying your hair from the back do a couple of sections weaken your hair out get used to the tension and then move on to to the rest of your hair. If you start in the same spot every time, it's where you're stronger, you're gonna be pulling the hair a little bit too much. Also, just move your hair out of the way when you put your handbag on. You would be amazed, ladies, at how many women snap their hair from the pressure and tension of a handbag. Handbags, even if you just snap in two, three hairs at a time, they add up. So move the hair out of the way, sounds really basic. Never tie your hair up when it's wet. Always use a really great detangler. If you're really prone to static, use a silk scarf. All you have to do is run the hair over it and it just takes the static straight out of the hair. Static can cause a lot of trouble because people tend to use heat to get rid of it, which makes the static worse. So just a silk scarf is all you need. I could go on all day. I could literally listen to you for the rest of lockdown. This is so brilliant. Oh, I've loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want more information on Pete, then do check him out at PeteBurkle.com or follow him on Instagram at Pete Burkle. If you have any feedback at all, please do email us at podcast at shillux.com. We love hearing from you. Don't forget, as always, to rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. Bye-bye.